Hello, and welcome to Night Clerk Radio, episode 40, where we are melting vaporwave iceberg. I don't know if that's good symbology. <laughs> I don't know if that's good imagery, but that's mm-hmm. uh, that's the plan for the day. That's a very good introduction there, Burke. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Smooth. I'm a professional. You can tell that I've been doing this for years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but first, uh, I just want to say by the time you hear this, our September Patreon bonus episode should be out. Ross and I had like a really awesome conversation <laughs> on just the banality of corporate art and its history and its relation to Vaporwave and us as consumers of that art and stuff. I think it was really interesting. It turned out to be way, way better than I thought because it was a thing that I don't know much about, but thankfully you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Part of my heritage of growing up as the, the the child of antique dealers who were obsessed with art and design and thought that was an appropriate thing to teach a child. So, you know. Nice. Yeah, so definitely <laughs> <laughs> definitely head over to Nightclerk Radio at Patreon.com and uh, check that out. But today, as I said, we're doing a Vaporwave Iceberg meme. If you want to know mm-hmm. what we're talking about, you can specifically find it linked in the, the show notes. But just I'm going to broadly... Tell people what that is, then hand it over to you since this was your your mm-hmm. topic of interest. So iceberg meme is a common meme format in like fandoms where you have the iceberg, right? And like you only see the tip of the iceberg, but there's all this other mass down under the water. So it's typically like the tip is the most accessible aspect mm-hmm. of some genre. And then as you go down by whatever filtering criteria that the person making it has used... You get into things, we'll talk about whether or not this is true, but things that are allegedly deeper or more obscure or more hidden from common public eye. Yeah. Do you agree? I would say, yeah, broadly. And yeah, I think part of our discussion is like what they mean by that. But yeah, like mm-hmm. from from mainstream to very obscure, I guess, is sort of like the progression. Right. Because it's based on that whole idea. You only see the tip of the iceberg, 90% of it's underwater. So, which came up in the hyper reality episode. Mm-hmm. So, I saw this vaporwave iceberg meme on the vaporwave subreddit. And I thought it was very interesting because they link to a bunch of different albums. And in the vaporwave uh, subreddit, the actual someone typed out all the album names mm-hmm. so people could actually search for them because there's a lot of. Japanese language titles. Broken Unicode. <laughs> Broken Unicode, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, where do you want to start with it? There's a, there's a, there's a lot to dive into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My icebergs are really taking it this episode. Yeah. I would say that the first thing I will comment on is that the top layer is the only one that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Well, even that to a degree. Kind of. Like, is Blank Banshee really, like, it's popular. Yeah. well-deserved. Like, it's a great album, but is it the most well-known yeah. or accessible? So I guess, yeah, the, the top three albums are Floral Shop, Blank Banshee Zero, and Odyssey. And mm-hmm. Odyssey isn't even really Vaporwave per se. It's more Chillwave, but people count it as Vaporwave, so whatever. It's definitely, like, the biggest, uh, I don't know, like, huge singles that were kind of everywhere, right? Like mm-hmm. Resonance and, you know, Lisa Frank 420. So, yeah, that's kind of like the first thing is like, what does this actually represent? Um, Because there's the argument of like, this is the most mainstream to the the most popular to the least popular. And these are so that that's sort of more of an, I guess, an objective standard. Like these albums have more plays. They have more downloads. They have more 
people referencing them. You know, I mean, certainly mm-hmm. nothing, nothing will top floral shop as the vaporwave song, but the other argument is that these are like casual mainstream taste versus weird, obscure to esoteric taste. And in that case, like you said, blank Banshee doesn't really work. Cause I don't think vapor trap is the most accessible vaporwave subgenre. I would put certainly sort of classic vaporwave at the top chill wave. And then maybe future funk is the most accessible. Like, but of course this is highly, highly subjective because like, if I was talking to it like a hip hop fan, I would probably show them Vapor Trap first because that would probably be the, the, the kind of beats that they really like. So, yeah, that's sort of the first question. It's like, what does this represent? And it's not as clear cut as you think. So one of the questions this sort of meme asks is, you know, how do you introduce people to Vaporwave? Um, mm-hmm. it's sort of implying like this is the. This is the, your your timeline of being a vaporwave fan of you being going from a normal pleb. Oh yeah, there's also on the right side these little in the right column there are the like normal pleb outsider weird that guy outcast and then just a weird <laughs> picture at the bottom <laughs> to represent your descent into vaporwave fandom, um, your your degeneracy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so. There's a lot of implications to this meme. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think, I don't know. Do you want to do this layer by layer? Yeah, we could do layer by layer. I mean, we already started with that. So yeah, we already mentioned uh, normal pleb, but then the next layer is outsider. As I mentioned, mm-hmm. these are all albums I'm already familiar with. Yeah. Like uh, it's Manipool by Vapor, Hit Vibes by, yeah, Hit Vibes by St. Pepsi and Luxury Elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Birth of a New Day by 2814, which I know we've talked about on this podcast before. 2814 is Telepath and Hong Kong Express. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Hit Vibes, very good. Future Funk kind of Manipool is a Vapor Trap album. And then mm-hmm. Birth of a New Day, which is also written out in Japanese. But if you search Birth of a New Day 2014, you'll you'll pull up the album. It's probably like one of the best ambient style hypnagogic kind of like oh, yeah. Vaporwave albums just made, period. And certainly I think Birth of New Days fits well there because ambient it's probably the most approachable and best ambient style Vaporwave album I can think of. But like ambient as a style in itself is not necessarily a super mainstream mm-hmm. genre. There's a lot of people who just don't like, you know, they're so used to pop music, you know, three, four minute songs with a good, you know, 120 mm-hmm. BPM, <laughs> four, four beat. Like they're not really, <laughs> they, they can't really dig this shit ambient does. So the hit vibes I might put up at normal pleb in terms of like where it belongs. But I mean, it gets tricky after, yeah. after how to see floral shop. It's actually a pretty hard. Mm-hmm. What would be your third being super popular? I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. I I might put birth of a new day on normal pleb because like it was also a breakthrough album in terms of like critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. I remember when birth of a new day came out, it got, uh, it was reviewed in pitchfork media. It was in the top 100 albums of the year for 2012 mm-hmm. or 2013, I think. Yeah, millions of views. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, like, not to get too into the weeds, but then if you look at Vapor Trap, what, what makes Manipool Outsider but Blank Banshee Zero not other than, like, one has been listened to by more people, but mm-hmm. it's still the same genre. Yeah, I think maybe the only reason why Blank Banshee is on the top is because of the song Teen Pregnancy, which mm-hmm. has been used in Simpson Wave mixes since Simpson Wave became yeah. a thing. So I think maybe that's, 
kind of the reason we see that there. I think you're right. I was trying to remember the name of the song. See, I remember that because Caleb really got into Simpson Way because of those visual <laughs> mixes on YouTube and I, that specific mm-hmm. song, I think. Okay. So then I could see the top layer being like albums that have one track that was like a huge meme mm-hmm. track or in the case of Odyssey, Resonance is in, like I said, I think in our Chill Wave episode on the Patreon mm-hmm. That was in like every ex- like Wikipedia explainer vid, <laughs> like just dudes just reading Wikipedia at you with mm-hmm. resonance playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my science channel. Yep, and just tons and tons of meme videos mm-hmm. too. Yeah, there's one I remember of a lady dancing with her cat in her apartment playing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. very good stuff. But yeah, so the next tier is weird, and this is like. Sailor Wave, that's Macross 8299, and Late Night Delight, Future Funk, St. Pepsi, Luxury Elite, mm. and... Eco Virtual did Atmospheres. Atmospheres, yeah. It's one of my favorite albums. <laughs> that's the reason <laughs> I know that off my head. Okay, yeah. Again, so this is dominated by, like, Future Funk kind of vibes, and Late Night Delight is kind of also a huge album. Mm-hmm. I'd probably swap out Hit Vibes and Late Night Delight, honestly. It's true. Atmospheres yeah. is the outsider there because it is mm-hmm. Weather Channel music. Yeah. It's kind of like... A good album. I re-listened to it today just to remember because I've I know I've listened to it before, but it's been a while. Mm. And that album is, I think, like if I was trying to explain vaporwave to a person and I didn't have floral shop handy, that would probably be a good <laughs> album to use. Yeah. Weird 90s source material, blunderphonics y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just didn't end up with the the meme song. Yeah. Then we go to that guy. And one of the albums is a heart full of love, which I believe we have reviewed on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So just go listen to that episode, whatever number that was. <laughs> and <laughs> by Dark Beerman, which I believe is another alias from Hong Kong Express. And Sea World is from Death's Dynamic Shroud. WMV. And that's an artist name. Mm-hmm. We haven't really <laughs> that covered is- th- that much. But yeah. No, that's in that computer wave type shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like computer effects. Yeah. Yeah. And then Echo Dreams by Dream Sky. And this is the sort of the tier I know the least about because I didn't didn't have time to listen to every single album. Mm-hmm. So Echo Dreams and SeaWorld, they kind of like to me are just I wouldn't say standard vaporwave, but like they're very like full on. I don't know. How would you describe them? So I'm not as familiar with SeaWorld. I know of it. Mm-hmm. I know Heartful Love because we did it for the mm-hmm. episode. And Echo Dreams, I actually really like because I'm I'm a sucker for Echo the Dolphin based stuff, which is why Echo Jams oh, was yeah. like my my first album choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's in that like you know Wonderphonicsy, mm-hmm. dreamy ambient. But I don't know, it makes you that guy. I don't, know, I don't think you're supposed to take this too seriously. Obviously, well, yeah, wanna, yeah. I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be the guy in the 30s who takes a meme too seriously. <laughs> but it does also bring up thoughts after we get through it. Mm-hmm. So then we get into Outcast, and I thought this was weird. Well, some of these make more sense. Like the first album actually doesn't make a lot of sense for me. So it's Sadness Princess, I believe, is the artist name, and the 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 title is entirely in Japanese. So I don't know what it is, but I actually listened to that album because mm-hmm. it's it's a Future Funk album, and it's perfectly fine Future Funk, but it's just it's just it's just Future Funk. So it's just a, an obscurity thing. I, or yeah. Like, so that, that was one of the, my uh, questions was like, what, why, why is that in there? Is it just cause it's a rare? Yeah. It's like the artist. 
something with them. I don't know. Yeah, it's the first time I'd seen that album. I mean, if you like Future Funk, it's it's worth listening to. But next one is Computer Death by Infinity Frequencies. And I know we've talked about Infinity Frequencies. Mm-hmm. And I love me some Infinity Frequencies. It is yeah, it's a great album. Yeah, Broken Transmissions, very haunting, dreamlike. Yeah, it is a it is it's a, an amazing album. This I feel is like a really good fit because like Signal Wave is definitely not a main. It is like the opposite of a mainstream genre, and Infinity Frequencies yeah. is like if you're not tuned into that wavelength, like it's just going to be like I can imagine being really fucking annoying to play someone Infinity Frequencies if they don't get it and be like, what? Why? What? What is this? It, it sounds like the computers. Like the sound files are broken. What, what's mm. wrong with this album? Yeah, it's an album. It's like the first album on here, I think, where there's like a meta level of listening to it, mm-hmm. like production and like what it's trying to mm-hmm. do and where it sources its uh, effects from. Like there's two ways to interpret this meme. And one, at least that I can see, and one of them is the, is this an like a roadmap, an aspirational roadmap to like, if you want to get into Vaporwave, Here's the kind of progression you should go. Don't start on computer death. Like, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe, maybe start with like Sailor Wave before or Sea World before you get into computer death. And then the other one is like gatekeeping, like the elitist, like, oh, if you don't like computer death, you're not, you're just a fucking casual. And I don't believe like the person who made this is like, re- I think, it was, you know, it was obviously kind of like a joke. Yeah. I would like to think of it more of like a roadmap than like a gatekeeping thing, but I can see people using this as a gatekeeping thing. Like, Oh, you listen to Manipool, you fucking basic, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the danger of this type of stuff is the potential for gatekeeping. I don't, don't, I'm not overthinking this. I'm, I'm having fun with this discussion, Mm -hmm. but I, uh, this very much feels like it was put together a bit of a piss take. Mm -hmm. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. But, uh, I can see, I'm sure if you dug deeper, there are these that are like earnest. Sure. You kind of see this kind of stuff in fandoms all over the place. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can find equivalent for all kinds of genres, but like every fandom, every, every community, every culture, sub scene, whatever you want to call it, there are people who take it too far and people who are not very fun and pedantic about this mm-hmm. shit. Uh, oh, we mentioned, we forgot to mention one, uh, the last album on this, this, the outcast tier, uh, telepathic, by Telepath mm-hmm. and Necocorp. Mm-hmm. And I listened to some of it last night. And it's, again, that Telepath style of ambient music with some plunderphonics, kind of like mm-hmm. almost signal wave ambient. Like, it's very dreamy and very lush and mellow. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty nice album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, then we get into Nameless. The Nameless Void. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, this was the tier that drew me to like, oh, we should do an episode on this because of the album in the bottom right. <laughs> because I recognize that album because I, I listened to it when it came out mm-hmm. and it's just, it's die by Chinese hackers. And the album cover is like these, it's like a VHS still of like three nuns in a hallway, but it looks very kind of like there's some VHS distortion at the top. And I have one of their albums on cassette wiretap. And <laughs> this came out in 2015 and it was kind of the first vapor goth album. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. So did you listen to it? Yes. Uh, ours is very much more like dark ambient ish. It's mm-hmm. just like really good. Like, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Like, really great. Not quite journey, but a little journey. Yeah. But just like somber and gothy. Gothy is like the perfect word because it's trying to like, well, this isn't dark ambient. What, what would I call this? They call it dark vaporwave as well. Okay. Okay. 
There's actually a Q crates where uh, Q crates is a place where you can vote on albums to have a vinyl pressing. And there, there's like a thing mm-hmm. entry on here for it. They say die, which is written in Japanese with like, these Unicode characters around it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a very <laughs> hard to search for album in that regard. <laughs> Dies become an important piece in ushering in dark vaporwave. Chinese hackers use this release to coin the term vapor goth. It's a unique combination of industrial vapor waves, plunder phonics, and dark ambient soundscapes. Mm-hmm. It uh, uses samples ranging from field recordings, horror movie soundtracks, and choral samples, uh, choir samples. And I, I'd forgotten how much I like this album when I mm-hmm. listened to it. Because when I listened to it initially, I was like, eh, that's okay. But now I'm just, oh, shit, I really fucking love this. This is fucking great. Do you think you've been pulled in and like kind of really developed a taste for that kind of dark drone type mm-hmm. stuff? I think like so. just a evolution of taste type yeah. thing. I think I think that's exactly it. An evolution yeah. of taste. Yeah. Which of the did you listen to the other two albums? No. No, I actually didn't get a chance. I just focused on a die because I knew you'd want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. How yeah, is there anything else you want to say about Die? Just I loved it. Yeah. Go <laughs> check it out. So I did track down the other two albums because I was really curious about them because I couldn't tell. One of them is Leviathan by Wet Palms. And it's super hard to find because like the the record label for it, uh, the Black Sea has disappeared, but there's a mirror of it on YouTube and it's like a 15 minute album, but it's like industrial metal. It's not even mm-hmm. really vapor. It's like vapor metal is the only way I can describe it. Vapor drone. Mm-hmm. You would especially like it, uh, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I uh, do love my vapor metal. Actually, and I think the other one, too, is. I believe translated as life is useless to humans and the artist name is entirely in Japanese. I don't know what it is, but it's kind of like a more standard mall soft slash vaporwave album. So my jam. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really missed out. I I got to embrace the, the void. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wonder why that was there. And I wonder if maybe part of the criteria for being at the bottom was just being super obscure. So like wet palms and life is useless to humans. I'd never heard of either one. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're both like, they're hard to find. Like I found a mirror on archive.org for life is mm-hmm. useless to humans. And then one, you know, the mirror on YouTube for Leviathan. So I wonder if like part of it isn't like the album itself is just it's obscurity slash rarity. Like, you know, the popularity versus obscurity thing. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a composite thing, but a little bit. I mean, also at least die is like an album you're less likely to recommend to somebody unless you know they have like really niche. Yeah. Oh, you like death groups, you say maybe you like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you like just like weird dark stuff? Mm-hmm. Because even down into like air quotes, outcast, I would recommend like telepath or something. If someone was like, Oh sure. Into like, yeah, I like these kind of chill ambient stuff. I'd be like, Oh, well, you know, there's this whole hypnagogic genre, you know, one of the big telepath. Here's a couple. Albums. Oh, you like the blade runner soundtrack. You say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another question that I, I sort of raised when I started thinking about this is like, what is more approachable is in genres? And we talked a little, hit on it a little bit, like feature funk versus vapor trap. Certainly there are less accessible ones like signal wave is certainly. Yeah. Or like real noise type mm-hmm. stuff or like real glitchy experimental weird stuff. Yeah. But I think when you come down to like the, I don't know, we'll say the main genres, which are, I don't know, kind of the ones we did for like the first 12 episodes mm-hmm. of this, this podcast. I don't think it's any more or less. I would totally tailor it just to who I'm, I think I'm recommending it yeah. to. Like, like you're saying with Vapor Trap, if somebody's into like hip hop type stuff, well, 
Yeah, here's some that blend some of those elements with some of the other aspects of, of Vaporwave, and it's really interesting. I think you'd like it. I do think, not Vaporwave, but I, I guess I tend to default to like Synthwave-type stuff because it is so popular. Yeah, oh, for sure. People do tend to like it, but I think, even though I'm not a huge fan of it, I can see why like Future Funk is like pretty feel-good accessible. Mm-hmm. A lot of people uh, might get into it. But there's other stuff, you know, well, I guess Echo Dreams doesn't say, you know, if somebody's like really into video games, then I would recommend stuff that's like, he's like repurposing a video game soundtracks or like playing around with the idea of making fake video game soundtracks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I, I think I kind of fold all these questions you have in the document, which are like very good questions. Like what are useful criteria? Mm-hmm. How, how do you present vaporwave to somebody? Yeah. They all just, they all just kind of come into that, that idea of like making music a conversation and like, not just being like, this is my favorite album independent of any context. I'm just going to recommend it to you. Yeah. Uh, it's just something I try not to do because uh, I think I can pick like one of like 8,000 albums. So how are you feeling today? Yeah. What are you into? Like, you know, what do you work out to? Like what kind of genres of music do you work out to? Like, yeah. Like some people use metal. Some people use audiobooks. Some people like mm-hmm. me, it's drum and bass, you know, uh, girl talk for me. Like, oh, that's yeah. my, it's, I don't know. Why. I think it's like, cause it's, it's like listening to pop radio, but you don't have to listen to every song mm-hmm. all the way through. Yeah, it's got that high energy thing. It's kind of infectious. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to set up these kind of iceberg things, but like just for individual subgenres of vaporwave. Like, mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting to think about like what's the most approachable mainstream mm-hmm. kind of like future funk, and what's the le- what's the least accessible future funk? What's the what's the signal wave version of future funk? You know, <laughs> what's the infinity yeah. frequencies of future funk? And I would personally like like reject the iceberg hierarchy type okay. deal. Yeah. Instead of having like some like central monolithic hierarchy that you're kind of attaching to. I think like this stuff is much better thought of like rhizomatically of like kind of like a network of connections because mm-hmm. something that becomes like less accessible might become more accessible to someone who's really into like signal wave and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's this top to bottom build where like, I just don't like the implications of that of like, Oh, you worked your way down to the the third layer. You've, <laughs> you've earned the right to listen to sailor wave. Yeah. <laughs> you've leveled up or you leveled down. Yeah. You've yeah. unlocked that. You hustled and grinded and you ended up in outcast. <laughs> so I would just think of it as more of like a web because there can be reasons why like a, a broad genre that's generally uninteresting to a person mm-hmm. can start to pick up enough elements of another genre in like a web-like sense where then it becomes, it loops back into being accessible. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, like I'm not a huge like future funk guy, but like, I really loved, you know, we talked about Tumelo's album mm-hmm. and I really love that because it has like so many other elements on top of, of some of that, like jet set radio, future funk stuff, you know, like the video game connection, which has a little bit of nostalgia, but also like all the interesting hip hop, the cool production, mm-hmm. the folding in like um, breakbeat type stuff where it kind of feels it's, it's kind of like in between all these other zones and is, an album I really like, even though other stuff like it that's not quite as good probably would fall off for me harder. Yeah. Another example outside of Vaporoid, but an album we talked about before, the Caretaker uh, mm-hmm. series, you know, it's just like six hours of music. You know, uh, Pat Cheddington released a two and a half hour video analysis breakdown of the album series. Mm-hmm. And it's become the version that's on YouTube has millions of views in had you just shown me this album without knowing any of its internet fandom or presence, I'd be like, Oh yeah, no, that's, that's not an approachable album at all. It's mm-hmm. such a hot, it's such a 
odd concept in how it's executed and mm-hmm. it's beautifully executed but like i would not but like <laughs> the kids love it the kids love the caretaker <laughs> you know like i would not have expected that but it became kind of a meme but because it became a meme people were exposed to it and some of them were like well wait hold on there's something here and they kept digging down and i think maybe kind of built out like it defied expectations even though it's a very complex album and topic and like how it does what it does i think it's an album that you know took a while to come out but i think it's probably also doesn't hurt that it's an album that really found its legs Mm -hmm. during the pandemic that's true. That's actually, yeah. <laughs> things don't, things exist inside of history. They have a yeah. historical context. So, yeah, it really did pick up after the, the pandemic and people were. Yeah, I mean, because it's kind of been around, you know, 10 years or whatever mm-hmm. since the first one came out. But yeah, I was going to joke that like a dark ambient iceberg, the first layer would just be three parts of the caretaker and the second <laughs> part would be the other three. Uh, yeah. I think that, I mean, honestly, the first one would be like horror movie soundtracks just in general. <laughs> The quiet parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the middle layers, cryo chambers, 24 seven stream. Yeah. I was gonna say it just becomes like a mush of uh, all the cryo chamber albums. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basically we love you cryo chamber, but damn. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. But how, what would the bottom tier be? That would be like shit. We even, we don't know about yet. Yeah, that's true. Oof. Uh, something, something to think about, but I think, you know, this is a, an interesting lens to, to sort of reexamine vaporwave and, to to sort of evaluate it by a different criteria than we usually do, which is, you know, accessibility. And it's mm-hmm. because we just kind of like just think inside of our own perspective. Most of the time we don't. Oh, yeah. How mm-hmm. would other people view it? How do other people react to it? Yeah, and, that's for sure. Especially. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think about accessibility at all. I will just be like, here's a, a weird album of mall field recording <laughs> or like whatever. Yeah, which is. Partially why this this show works for us, because you can just be like, I want to do computer death. And it doesn't even occur to me that it's like weird. <laughs> like, yeah, let's talk right. about that. Yep. I know my tastes are changing, too, because like a couple of years ago, like I already mentioned, Chinese Hackers wasn't as accessible, although I did get the cassette of Wiretap. But I think that was in part mm-hmm. because it like was getting a lot of buzz on the on the Vaporware subreddit back then. But like. You know, I've been listening to a lot of Death Grips lately, and that's not something nice. I used to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, my tastes, they are a changing. So I think that's sort of the, the one of the great parts of music is the more you listen to music, the more you listen to albums, the more you sort of pick up on things you don't listen to before. And people's tastes just change naturally over time. Mm-hmm. And by sort of thinking about it and like thinking critically about it a little bit, you can you can also cultivate a more varied taste of things and like, and have a better experience. It's fun to listen to new music and get new, like, Oh wow, this is cool. This is something I had encountered before. Mm -hmm. So I think that's sort of like the fun of diving through all this music is to, to find the stuff that is like, Ooh, this is neat. This is, I haven't encountered this before, but it's really cool. Mm -hmm. So it's like the real goal of all these conversations. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. Not to like continually repeat ourselves, but like, yeah, I don't think I don't care how like accessible or popular something is. I just want people I just want to find help people find music that we can both enjoy and talk about. Yeah. Right. And if that's like weird fake Italian horror concept albums (laughs) or the Unsolved Mysteries theme song or fucking Mall Soft or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's chat about it. Yeah. That's all I care about.
Thanks for listening. Definitely take a moment to check out the iceberg meme as linked in the show description. Just let us know what you think and how, how you sort of categorize these types of topics in your head. I would love to hear about how other people think about music, because I think we probably think about it so similarly. Mm-hmm. There has to be like a diversity of viewpoints out there. That'd be interesting. <laughs> there just has to be like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know, I want to find them out. But yeah. So next episode, we are revisiting the barber beats genre that was supposed to be the previous episode from this month, but we're going to refocus it into as much of a genre discussion as also a bit of a music philosophy discussion on kind of the limits of plunder phonics and when is sampling too much, basically. Mm-hmm. That's how I would describe it. So yeah. definitely keep an eye out for that. I'm I'm excited to like dig back into that topic and, and chat about that again because yeah, I think it's it's a really important it's a really important thing to think about and have like firmly under under your feet when you talk about these genres of music is like how do you approach your thoughts on on using other people's art in your own art. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think it'll be really interesting. So if you want to hear that and all of our Patreon bonus episodes, like us rambling about corporate art for 45 minutes, then definitely check us out at patreon.com slash nightclerkradio. You can also find us at nightclerkradio on Twitter. Or if you want to bother us individually, Ross is at Ross Payton and I am at Burke McBurkinson. You can also find us under the Nightclerk Radio moniker pretty much anywhere, nightclerkradio.com, Nightclerk Radio on Facebook and Instagram. So, you know, however you choose to interact with us, please do. However you choose to get this podcast, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere, I don't know, Stitcher, wherever we show up. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not in charge of it. But whatever you do choose, just if you have a moment, just take time to click that rate and review, get that algorithm going for us. It really helps. And we'll be back next time. So thanks for listening. And uh, I guess in the case of icebergs, don't keep your head above water. <laughs> Uh, that was a good thing. This is just think of this as a good icebreaker for your next conversation about music. It's an ice breaker. <laughs> yep. Damn, that's good. All right. Talk to y'all later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>